Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Glad that you're with us today where we celebrate Jesus here at Faith and in this Christmas season. There's so much I love about Christmas, right? Like how many of us love things Christmas? I mean, you got the Christmas music, Christmas lights, you know, you got the food, right? Like, like, come on, the Christmas cookies. My wife was making them all day yesterday and she only got about 50% done because I was eating the other 50, right? Like, love the Christmas cookies. And of course, guess what else we love? The presents, right? Let's be honest. Like we're truth, like we, we speak truth, talk truth. We like getting some presents, you know, in the nice wrapping paper. Like, I wonder what it is. High expectations, low disappointments. We kind of talked about that a little bit in our first week. And uh, um, Christmas presents are awesome. Any, anybody like to open Christmas presents, Christmas Eve? Any Christmas Evers out there? Okay, like 10 of us, right? Like anybody Christmas Day, like first thing, like here we go. Anybody when it's like, hey, whenever we can get the whole family under one roof, like, right? And it's like, that's when we'll open up Christmas gifts, right? Like, love opening up Christmas presents. It's fun. It's exciting giving gifts and, and also receiving gifts. This is a picture of my daughter. Uh, her name is Blakely. And uh, you can see her. This is her. Yes. Uh, she, we love her, of course. She's my daughter. But every other night, she's getting under the Christmas tree. And guess what she's doing? She's finding the Christmas presents, right? And we're like, no, Blakely, no, no. And, and Brittany had to, a time again, maybe wrap one or two of the same presents. We don't even know if she really likes presents. Maybe she just likes ripping the paper apart, right? Like she's at that age, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of, when it, when it comes to presents in this season, uh, there's a lot of things that bring some anticipation into our life. Hey, will, will I get the gift I ask for? Will, will, will they spend a little bit of money on me? And, uh, and when we get this, this, this presents that are coming and we get excited, but what do we always have to do when it comes to presents, when it comes to Christmas, if you're raising kids, what do you always have to tell them? You have to tell them, wait, right? Like, it, it's not time to open the presents yet. A lot of great presents in life, what do we have to do? We have to wait to receive them, wait to have them, wait to open them. Today, I want to talk to you about this big idea. The greatest gift of Christmas is God's presence. And guess what? You don't have to wait in order to open it. Isn't that something to be excited about, right? Like you don't have to wait to be in a relationship with our loving God, our Lord and Savior. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. I love what Jeremiah 32, 27 says. It's kind of been a theme for us because of the series we're talking about. But it says, I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? anything too hard. Like, like, let's put this in, in, in our mind right now, that the greatest miracle you and I can receive is the miracle of having a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. That, that the heavenly Creator, the Lord of the universe, wants to know you and wants to know me. That's pretty awesome. 
And we don't have to wait for it. We don't have to wait for the perfect moment after Christmas dinner or in the morning on Christmas Eve. Or maybe it's one of those things when, hey, when we get the crazy cousins over, then we can open the presents. No, we can do it and know him now. That's something to celebrate, something to be excited about. We've been in this series called Christmas Miracles, and by far the greatest miracle that you can experience is the miracle of knowing God as your Lord and leader and Savior of your life through his son Jesus and what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. The core foundation that we've built our series on is simply this, that God hears us, that God cares for us, and God wants to make a difference on our behalf. That's pretty awesome because sometimes we go through life and we're like, no one's for us, no one's with us. Life is challenging. And sometimes we ask for presence and we don't really get what we ask for. It becomes difficult, especially like, hey, if you're growing up and you wanted an awesome present and you didn't get the awesome present. And and maybe your friends got the awesome present. I did a little research throughout, uh, you know, what are some of the awesome presents, the number one toys growing up through the decades. And we'll start at the 70s. Uh, they didn't have pictures back in the day before that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but we'll start in the 70s. 70s, right here, Lego. Any Lego fans? Right? Like, I mean, they're still awesome. My kids love Lego. Uh, I learned that it's not Legos, it's Lego because we watch uh, Lego Master on, you know, Fox. And, and so we, we spend time and we're always looking at them. They love Lego. And, and so we check that out. In the 70s, it was the number one toy. Then we fast forward through the 80s, the Millennium Falcon. Come on, Star Wars. It's like we can never escape Star Wars. Like, no matter what, Star Wars, I think, goes back eons of time. Eons and eons and eons. And, and then we also have, come on, my, my 90s kids, the Nintendo, baby. Like, let's go. Like, I remember when it wouldn't work, you'd take out the disc and you'd, you'd blow it or, like, you know, and you put it back in and you're like, yes, this thing was going to work. Like, Super Mario, right? And, and so just out of kicks and giggles, I decided to look up 2023, the leading gift. And it's this, like, electronic dog. I don't really know. Uh, I don't know if AI generated this. I don't know if you maybe bought this for your kid. Then you're a very relevant, real cool parent. Uh, for me, I was like, uh, this doesn't make sense, but it's apparently like a pet without having the difficulties of a pet, right? Like, here we go, you know, the, these presents, right? And, and maybe you missed out on some of those presents, but maybe you're coming to this place in your season, in your moment right now in life, and, and the presents that you really need God to show up and deliver and give you are presents that are a little different, are presents that are a little harder, it's not some cheap plastic made overseas or, or some little toy that you turn off and on, but it's, it's real weighted stuff. Maybe some of the presents that you're asking for is like, hey, God, like, please eliminate this family drama. God, will, will you help my, my wayward son and my troubled daughter right now? Maybe you're coming into this, this day and you're like, hey, this Christmas, like, it's going to be one of the hardest Christmas because that loved one that I've had and spent years with is, is no longer there. I got it. Like, I, I need help. You're coming in and you're asking, man, I, I have anxiety. I'm stressed. I'm worried. I'm fearful. I don't know what to do. God, please help me. 
You're like, you long for the days when you're asking for the cheap Lego set or you're asking for those toys that you can buy off the shelves. Now you're just wanting God to show up and be real and meet some of your needs because you're hurting right now. See, I don't, I don't know what you're going through right now, but I do know this, that the presence that we can give God, our hurt, our pain, our trouble, our worry, our fear, our anxiety, our struggles, our problems, our perils, God wants to give us, God wants us to give him those presents so ultimately he can give us his presence, church. And because when we have gaps, when we have voids in our life, and we're troubled, and we're down and out, downcast and depressed, we can turn to a God that can fill those voids, that's given us the reason for this season, that sees you, that hears you, that cares for you, and wants to make a difference on your behalf. So as we talk about it today, I want to encourage you, lean into God's presence, because it's God's presence where we don't have to wait for the perfect time to unwrap it, but it can start now, happen now. So I want to invite you to join me, Matthew chapter 1, uh, verse 18. We're going back to the very first Christmas. The very first Christmas. Verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was a virgin, she became pregnant with the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. I want to pause right here because each character that we pick up through the Christmas season, this one word keeps popping back up, righteous. Joseph was righteous. Verse 20, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. That's the very first Christmas. Can you imagine hearing some of those news? I, 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 got, I got some news for us today. That the very first Christmas had a lot of family drama. Make, that make you feel good? Like, that makes me excited because, like, whoo, can you imagine the very first Christmas? It was an engagement to be broken off. Can you imagine that, fellas, right now? You're, like, strolling in. You're, you're getting ready to go to some festivities, and, and that special someone leans over to you and be like, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. You're not the dad. What? You know, Joseph, throughout Scripture, was never known as Jesus' dad, never as a mention of that. I mean, think, talk about the humility Joseph had to lead with in his life. This, this child he raises, not to be called dad, but can you imagine that first Christmas, right? Like, it's family drama. Like, they were worried about the, the, the shame. Like, Joseph's like, okay, I, I need to divorce her quietly. In fact, we see what would happen to someone who was betrothed to another individual, and they, and they cheated, in essence, committed adultery. In Deuteronomy 22, Old Testament law, what they would do is everybody would call them out, they would put them onside the city walls, and then they would take stones, and they would stone both parties to death. So Joseph, when he's finding out the news that Mary is pregnant to the point of like, I'm going to divorce her, he's going through a lot in his mind that's pretty crazy to think about. 
Like, it's, it's like he has a couple hours to be like, dude, how do I get out of this? Like, this is going to be crazy, our first engagement. I'm having a little worry. There's going to be shame put on her and, and my family. Plus, now i got to go back to, the, to, to find if I can see if someone else will want to marry me. Like, there's a lot that's probably taking place in Joseph's mind. Filled with family drama. Joseph was fearful. Mary was fearful. They didn't know what to do. They're young. 12 and 13 years of age is what many theologians believe. Can you imagine that if you have a 12 or 13-year-old in your life and, and you're under your roof? That's pretty crazy to take some of this news on. There was a lot of fear taking place. This, this term that Joseph was given when he has this, this dream, right? Like, you know anybody that dreams and you're like, I don't really know if I believe in your dreams or, you know, there's a little suspect there. Or they're like out there. Joseph gets this dream from the angel, so vivid, so real, that he's like, now I got to lean into a dream? Like, this is kind of hard. But the angel comes and says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Like, assurance. See, I don't know what's taking place in your life. Maybe there's fear and worry and, and a bunch of stuff out there. Did you know throughout Scripture, there's approximately this phrase three about fear not or do not be afraid. Around 365 of those can be found. Those statements can be found throughout the Bible, giving us one for every day of the year. Like, that's pretty genius on God's end. And we're not, to, we're not to wake up and have fear. Even though life might be crazy, we're not to wake up. There's, there's a, an assurance found in God in His presence. Each one of God's people that you look out throughout the Scriptures in, in the first Christmas story were overwhelmed with some fear. We see in Luke chapter 1 and, Zach, uh, Luke chapter 1 and verse 13 with Zechariah. We see, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Do not be afraid. When Zechariah gets some big news, we talked about this in week one of our Christmas series. We also see here when it comes to Mary in, in, in Luke 30, Luke chapter 1 verse 30, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And I want to pause right there. I don't know if it's like, hey, this news of you being pregnant is like, seems like favor with God. Like, I think a lot of times we read real quick through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, and, and we get this first Christmas story and narrative, and we're like, oh yeah, we know this end. Like, Jesus, yeah, he's awesome. He comes, Emmanuel, we sing some cool songs. But these people are living it in real time. Like, don't be afraid. Like, what do you mean? I'm just, I'm pregnant now by the Holy Spirit. Like, you're telling me not to be afraid. And he got Joseph over here. And then Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, again, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Head scratcher. And then we see the shepherds when they come into the story. In Luke 2.10, 2, it says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So I want us to capture this, and I want us to, to let us know and, and sit on this, is that Jesus didn't come to give us a holiday. Jesus came to give us a new day. Jesus said, hey, you might be overwhelmed with fear. You might be going through some hard things in life, some trials, some tribulations in life, 
but I'm coming to say, hey, you can have a presence of God in your life. So through this first Christmas, when we say, God, just give us your presence, God, lead us and take us, God, we want to believe, God, we want to trust, when we do that, God gives us some pretty awesome gifts. And the first gift that I want to speak to you about is this. God gives us the ability to open the gift of God's peace. Open the gift of God's peace. Um, You know, there's also this other big prominent figure when it comes to Christmas. His name's Santa. Anybody familiar with Santa, right? Dude in the red jumpsuit, goes down the chimneys. Well, here's the thing with Santa, and I always struggled with Santa, is, you know, there's strings attached when it comes to Santa, like, like, no matter what, like, are we familiar with that song, Santa Claus, he's coming to town, right? Like, I'm going to need a little audience participation right now. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's, who's, okay, let's try that. Who's, there we go. We know this song. Like, come on, don't act like you don't turn on and listen to that Christmas music. Like, hey. Naughty or nice, like that's a little like, what? He's seen who's naughty or nice, or he goes on. This is probably the creepiest line of it all. It says this, and he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Woo! Like, and yeah, Santa, cool, strings attached to man, naughty or nice. I love how someone put it. They wrote this. They said this, dear Santa, I've been good all year. Well, most of the time, at least some of the time. Never mind, I'll buy my own gifts, you know, like, woo, like we're there, right? Like, you ever been there? Kid's sitting on Santa's lap one time, and, and Santa goes, well, have you been good? Kid goes, define good. <laughs> like, we have these moments. Like, and, and this is what happens. We, we look at Santa's story and what we've been told and talked about, and then we take Santa's story and we place it with the Jesus story. And we think, oh my goodness, I need to be a really good person so I can get to heaven. You ask the average person, how can you get to heaven? Oh, I just gotta be a good person. I just have to do all the nice things. I gotta make sure that I'm smiling and I gotta make sure that I'm friendly. I gotta go to church here and there and, and I just gotta be a good moral person. And, and we look over here and we say, well, I'm better than that person. I'm doing pretty good. Like, look at my family. They're not as jacked up as that family. You know, we're like, woo! And, and we look, Santa's story and Jesus' story. Well, hey, I'm gonna bring some bad news to this scenario for you today. Uh, you're all on the naughty list. It don't matter how good you are. You're on the naughty list. 1 John 1.8 says this. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us all from wickedness. And that's important for us to understand. And if you're a kid like me growing up where you spent majority of the time on the naughty list, you're feeling pretty good about all those goody two-shoe kids like, hey, welcome to naughty list. You've been on it from day one. We've all been there. We all are there. And I want us to understand this. There's nothing you can do to earn to make it on the, the nice list. 
In fact, there's not even a naughty or nice list. There's a naughty and then there's a righteousness list. And how we get on the right list is when we say, Jesus, come into our lives. Jesus, we claim you as the Lord and leader. Jesus, you bridge the gap. Nothing I can do. It's all you. And then he takes us from that quote-unquote naughty list, puts an asterisk by our name, slides us over here and says, hey, you're on the right list. Not because of what you did, not because of how you lived, but because you accepted Jesus as the Lord and leader of your life. See, in order for us to, to have the peace of God, for God to come into our lives, to, to give us that gift, we have to make peace with God. And you know how we do that? By saying, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, be the Lord and leader of my life. And if you haven't made that decision today, at the end of our message, we're going to be talking about how you can do it and give you some very practical steps. Secondly, when you're saying, hey, I want God's presence, he gives us the opportunity to open the gift of God's help. Open the gift of God's help. Um, this is vital for us because God comes along and helps us, and we are in desperate need of that help. Um, for many of you, maybe I've shared this, can't, ever, can't really remember, but I actually have four names, four legal names on my birth certificate. And uh, it's Justin Eric Blake Hanson. I actually go by Blake, middle name. Uh, everybody's like, well, why is that? I don't know. Talk to my parents. Like, I push it that way. But to keep the tradition or legacy going in my family, uh, I called my first son Justin Eric Bodie Hanson to confuse him so he has the same problems in the future. Uh, and we wanted to keep the thing going, like, okay, well, what's going to be like a thread in our family? Let's give all our kids four names. So uh, there's Briar Edward Allen Hansen, and then there's Blakely, who you just saw, Ray Lynn Hansen, all four names. Well, we're coming up with our, our, our fourth child, coming up with our fourth child. I mean, we're having our fourth child. Um, and if I talk to you about the name of the fourth child, I'll be honest, like, that's why I'm saying I'm raising money for missions, for naming rights, because we're kind of like at a standstill and, and full disclosure. We don't know what to, what to call our next little baby boy. Uh, we're trying to work through that right now. We're praying about it. God, what do you want? Because we used a lot of the names that what we knew instantly had a lot of family meaning and family credibility. Now we're like, whoo, we're kind of stuck, let alone come up with the first name, let alone whose bright idea, Brittany, was it to give all kids four names, right? Like, like that's where we're at. Like, we're trying to figure this out. But here's the thing. When it comes to God, you know God has so many names. God has tons of names. You know, some commentaries say is over 650. Others say over 1,000. Between titles, names, I just want to give you a few of them today because this is our God. Names matter in the Bible. They call him the He Is, the Mighty One, the Lord, the Ruler, the Lord of the Angels' Armies, the God who provides, the God who heals, the God who perfects. He is your peace, your rock, your stronghold, your rescue you, your ruler, your king. He is the Ancient of Days, the Father of Lights, the Father of Mercy, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and He is the Savior of all, church. Come on now. That's our God. In the Christ story, we come to this name that many of us are familiar with, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He's a helper. 
All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. We have that gift of help from our God who is with us. His names reveal to us that he's bigger than our mortgage, he's bigger than our bills, our depression, our report card, our rap sheet, your past. He's bigger than the stock market, big tech, politics. He's bigger than your loneliness, frustration, the issues you face, family issues, family dynamics. He's bigger than the issues when it comes to addicted individuals in your life, abusive family members. He's even bigger than your debt. God is bigger than our sin. His names declare that. His names reveal that. That Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. God is with us. He's there to help you. When, whenever you say, God, I need your presence in my life, he's saying, I want to come alongside you. I want you to open up this gift of help that I give you. So if you're sitting here wondering, like, do I really need to start a relationship with Jesus? I'm saying you need help. We all need help. No one's perfect. We're very far from it. And God wants to come along and say, hey, I see you down and out. I want to come and help you along this life journey that you're facing. And then lastly, when it comes to accepting God's presence in our life, a gift that we don't have to wait to open, he gives us this gift that goes alongside it is he opens the gift of his guidance, God's guidance. How many of us wish that life came with a play-by-play instruction book, like, hey, turn right here, turn left here? In other words, date this person, avoid that person, go to this school, apply for this job, make this decision, say no to that decision. Like, hang out with them, don't do that, avoid that situation, avoid that problem, avoid that circumstance, right? We wish that it happened. You know, and it's sometimes it's, it's a little challenging. We kind of skip past it, you know, like any of us try to ever take matters in your own hand, right? Like um, we'll be driving. I'll be like, I remember how to get there. I'll lean over to my wife. I know how to get there. And she's like, why don't you just pull it up on your phone, plug the address in? I'm like, I don't need that. I don't need that. I'll lean over to my wife. I'm like, you know, we're driving. I'm like, I think I'm a little lost. Like, do you know where we're going? And she's like, now you want to talk to me? And I think a lot of times in life, like when it comes to this guidance side of, of God is like, we want to do it all on our own. We want to do it all on our own. We want to trust our devices, maybe even the people in your life. And you want to say, I want to figure it out this way. I'm going to do my own thing. And, and God's saying like, look, I'm giving you some pretty clear guidance. With my kids, raising my kids from a very young age, I take up this book and I say, look, this is a Bible. This Bible in your life, if you learn it, memorize its words, apply it to your life, I'm telling you, sons and daughter of mine, you will save so much heartache, hurt, and pain in your life. You know, I, I think it's funny, you know, a lot of, a lot of Christians I'll run into would be like, yeah, I'm, I'm praying, you know, I need God to give me a sign, God to reveal something to me. And I'm like, well, let's start here. If God's going to give you some sign in the sky. I want to ask you, man, are you really reading God's word first? Because why is he going to give you a sign in clouds if you can't even read the fine print, right? Like, and I think a little, a lot of times we, we skip past that. God's saying, I've given you guidance. I've given you a way to, to live a life. 
that brings great joy, that brings kindness, that, that fills a void in your life. That when you're asking present, when you're saying you're like, God, I want, I want, I want, and I'm struggling, I'm struggling. He's got saying, it's like, hey, come to me. I want to guide you in life. And he's sitting there with his arms wide open, wants to love you, wants to embrace you, wants to say, I care for you and I see you and I want to guide you. Look at this season of guidance when we see in the very first Christmas. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 9, 11, there's magi. And I could talk a whole message series on these guys because it's just prominent how they listened. God guided, God revealed, and, and they leaned in. Traveled from over 500 miles away to see and experience their Lord and Savior. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. I want us to understand that when you allow God to lead you and guide you, you will find joy. When you do it on your own, joy isn't present. Joy doesn't exist. God brings joy in life. They entered the house and they saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down. They worshiped him. When we, God, we're coming down saying, God, I praise you. I worship you. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave them gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Man, I could just talk about these men, their devotion. See, wise men seek him. You might be thinking right here, like, I, you know, I don't really know, like I've given this a shot, Pastor Blake. No, there's a, you've allowed for whatever reason, coming in this place, watching online, God guided you here. Like you're here for a reason. You're here to take advantage of what he's offering. Yeah, you might have taken some detours. The GPS might have glitched. Your co-pilot might have led you astray a little bit. And you might be sitting here thinking to yourself like, hey, there's some things that are happening in my life that I'm, I'm trying to figure out how do I get through in life. I'm telling you, God's put you right here in this place so you can be led by him. I think some of us right now, we got to dial that back in and say, God, are you really leading my life? Last week we talked about, hey God, are you a partner or are you a consultant? And I think we gotta ask, God, are you our guide? Church, I want you to know God's presence so real. To not wait for that day when the stars align and everything adds up and it makes sense and you got all your questions answered. No, I want you to know God in a very real, as your Lord and Savior in your life, that he gave us his one and only son, Jesus to do the work on the cross. He did the heavy lifting so that we wouldn't have to, so we can know God in a very real intimate way. He gave us his son who lived 33 years, who, who was abused and beaten, but who was perfect and kind and full of love. He goes to this cross and there he inflicts this, this horrible punishment on his body. He atones for us. What was rightfully owed to us the wrath that was owed to us. Jesus says, I'm going to step in. I'm going to show you what it means to be the guide of your life. I'm going to take all the hurt, all the pain, and I'm going to go to the cross for you. Then he goes to the grave. The grave couldn't hold him. We're about to sing how powerful his name is. Sin couldn't hold him. The devil couldn't hold him. He 
rises three days later and he's sitting at God's right hand, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And church, right now, if you're in here and you've been pushing down the street a little bit, kind of coasting and saying, hey, I don't really, I've kind of been waiting. I don't really know to accept God as like his presence. I'm telling you right now, make, take this moment right now Receive Jesus as your Lord and leader. Scripture says this, and it's, it's very just matter of fact. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. So I'm going to ask every head to bow, every eye to close, and we're going to pray over those who want to make a decision to follow Jesus. Before we do so, if you're ready to make that decision, I'm just going to ask you so I can pray through you for all throughout this week for you. If you'll just raise your hand so I know, have a face. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. God, right now, you saw those hands that were lifted up. Lord, we pray specifically for those hands, those individuals that are declaring you the Lord and leader of their life, declaring you the ultimate provider of peace, the ultimate provider of help, the ultimate guide that, God, we can avoid a lot of heartaches, troubles. It doesn't matter what our past is. It doesn't matter what hurt we face. But no, we can trust you. We can relinquish all of our guilt and shame to you and say thank you, God. Those right now who are confessing and making you their Lord. Lord, we are praying right now a special blessing in their life. Lord, we're praying right now that you continue to, to touch them that you give them encouragement and perseverance, God. We call on you right now in your great and holy name. We all say in this place, amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.